Well, good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads on the first weekend of fall break. We are so excited you're here and so excited to have those who are joining us online. Lots of people gone, lots of people taking advantage of fall break and going like they've never gone before. You know what I'm saying? Again, it is amazing. I said it at the beginning of the summer. For the last two years, the last two summers, everybody's kind of stayed home, worked on their house, did things locally. But this summer and this fall, everybody's traveling except me and you. So we're excited that you're here. So again, for those that are watching online, we invite you, if you will, drop a comment below. Not only drop a comment, but also share this from our Facebook page to yours. That way people who are perusing and being nosy on your page will see us and maybe they'll watch and they'll get exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So again, we're excited. Let me say two things about two different things that are happening. One of those uh, being our Abide Fall Retreat, which happens, ladies, November the 3rd and the 4th. Again, all the information is available to you out there on the information kiosk. Pick up a brochure, pick up a pamphlet, a registration form. Get involved in that. It's a great way to build a community. It's a great way to get to know other people who maybe attend a different service than you do. So again, plug in, get to know people, understand what's happening in your church and connect with other people because this is about community. It's not about a bunch of, like I said last week, Lone Rangers doing Lone Ranger things. It's people working and coming together with the gifts and the talents that God has given them. So get involved in that. Sign up, uh, pay up, and get your T-shirt. There's a T-shirt. There's a deadline with the T-shirt. So make sure that you get your stuff in on time, and you'll see that information about the deadline in the registration Form and on that uh, brochure. Stop by there. Also, in, in the lobby for the third week, this is the last week. I know some of you will be glad because you'll be able to come in that door again. Uh, again, there is a ministry fair, ways for you to connect, get involved, and get plugged in. So again, that you're building community with other people. Stop by, pick up a one sheet. You don't need to pray about it. I've told you this. You don't need to pray about getting involved. You may need to think about where it actually is you're going to get involved, but you don't need to pray about it. It's already decided. I mean, God has called you to be a part of one thing and to bring your individual talents to be a part of this one thing. So again, figure out where that's going to be. Don't come and sit in the seat in the dark and think you're going to remain anonymous. I'm going to hunt you down. I'm going to get you involved one way or the other uh, because, again, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving out. I'm not giving in. So stop by the ministry fair. When you exit today out of that door, go by, look, pick up a sheet, sign up. If you need more information, reach out to me. Well, again, summer is officially over. For us at Crossroads, summer goes from June till September. We go by what summer really is on the calendar. So it ended a couple of weeks. It ended about a week ago. Last week was our official last weekend of summer. Uh, and, and again, if you were here the last couple of weeks, I, I, it's kind of happened in a weird way. I've been talking a lot about freedom. And again, when you think about freedom, freedom is a word that you hear a lot lately with all the political mess. I mean, I'm done with it. Anybody over it already? I am over it. But you hear freedom all the time. You hear it talked about all the time. You see it all the time in those memes that they post on social media. And when you think about it, freedom is a word that as far as us as Americans, it's kind of just embedded in our DNA. Again, when we think about that, that phrase that I couldn't say in the first service last week, I mean, I had a Joe Biden moment, you know, where I was like, okay, what, what is that? How, you, know, you know the thing, you know the thing. I mean, I, I, what I was trying to say was, and I'm not being political, okay, just get over it. 
It's the land of the free and the home of the brave. And we hear that phrase. And we all know that. It's just in our DNA. But see, as a follower of Jesus, when we talk about freedom, we understand that there's another aspect of what freedom truly means. And I said it two weeks ago, be three weeks ago today. I said, you know, when, when you think about freedom, for us as followers of Jesus Christ, listen to me this morning, if you didn't get this, this is, if this is your first time, the natural response to a follower of Jesus Christ and freedom, the natural response is that you and I share our freedom that we've experienced through Jesus Christ with others. We share the story of what God has done in our lives with the people that God has placed around us. Because we've been set free. And through Jesus, we've experienced freedom from the penalty of sin. Because you had a sin debt that you needed to pay. You owed that sin debt. And Jesus paid that so that you could walk in freedom. But see, here's the thing I've discovered. Even though we come to church, even though we serve this Christ, and we come to church, and we worship and we have a relationship with this God, there are still many of us who say, well, I'm sort of free. We're, we're sort of free, but we're kind of free, but we're not really free. And the reason I know that's you is because I know that's me. Because when I look at my own life, I can tell you that one of the things that has kept me from walking in true freedom is what I call bitterness. It's just, I just, I mean, and the pandemic multiplied that. I mean, I could just look at my life and see bitterness. And I knew I had a problem with bitterness. And here's the thing I knew. That problem that I had with bitterness would rear its head in the ugliest of ways. So much so that I had to go to another pastor friend. And I dang sure wouldn't go to a pastor in this town. Not that there's anything wrong with them. I just don't want to talk about it, you know. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go to a friend of mine who's a pastor out of town. I can be completely open, completely honest with them. And again, again, that's not derogatory about pastors locally. I just wanted to remove myself from a local situation and just deal with my bitterness with somebody else out of this circle of influence here. And I walked through my problem with bitterness with this, with this pastor friend of mine. And let me tell you, he did everything a pastor should know to do and could do. And he prayed with me, and he laid hands on me, and he prayed for me. And again, I walked away from that experience and that interaction knowing that I was free. But I still felt bitter. And it was that bitterness that I felt. You know what that bitterness had done? It had just taken on a different personality. It wasn't out front and loud and possible for people to detect like, to detect like it had been. But here's what had happened. That bitterness had kind of moved to the background. It was a little more quiet than what it, what, what it had been. So I was kind of free. 
I was sort of free. Kind of like religion. And our connection with God. It's like religion and the connection of God that, that many of us have with God. We're religious, but it's not about relationship. Our connection with God is based on rules, not love. So what do we do? We find ourselves kind of free, sort of free. Like that song we just sang, The Goodness of Jesus. You know, when I got to those words at the very end there, it said, satisfied, he's all that I need. And you know what? When I sang those words, I felt those words, but there was something in me that was like, is, is that right? Is that really true? So I guess what I'm saying is that every one of us in this room, and all of you who are watching online and listening online, we all have areas where we have been fighting for freedom for some time. And we get free. And we hold on to that freedom. But it seems to slip away because we're kind of free. We're sort of free. Like when God does a miracle in your life and you receive that miracle that God did in your life. But then you start to wonder, when, when, when's it going to be over? Because you're sort of free. Look at John chapter 8, verse 36. Here's what it says. John chapter 8, verse 36. It says, so if the Son sets you free... You will be free indeed. Look at, look at that. Jay, leave that up there just a moment. So if the sun sets, you've heard that. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. The word that you really need to see there is the word indeed. Because that word in the Greek means this. It means not just a, a proclaimed freedom, but it actually means a received freedom. Like, like if you're one of those people who is dealing with an addiction to something. Where you want to know, where you want to do something that you know you shouldn't do. Then you don't feel constricted when it comes to not doing it. Instead, you have this healthy fear of God. That says, you know what, I, I don't want to do anything that would get in, my, in the way of my relationship with God. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do anything that would get in the way of my relationship with God. Because see, on the other side of that, you could be kind of free. You could be sort of free. And being kind of free or sort of free would be like you're, you're scared to do it. But you can be what John says. You can be free indeed if you value your relationship with God more than you do that thing that you know you shouldn't do, so you don't do it. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Now, you guys know I love 
speaking and teaching out of the Old Testament. A lot of people have just kind of forgotten the Old Testament. I love it. It is so good. And so this morning, I'm going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 5, beginning at verse 17. It'll be on the screen behind me. If you have your Bible and you want to look there, get your flashlight out because you can't see it because it's dark. It's okay. But again, make notes, write some stuff down because I'm going to throw out some nuggets at you. I'm going to throw out some truth bombs to you today that you're going to need to take with you when you leave this place. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17, and I don't ever remember preaching from these verses, never. So anytime I have never covered anything, it's always exciting for me. Here's what it says. It says, when the Philistines, some people say Philistines, potato, potato, whatever, it doesn't matter. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told, look at what it says, David was told that they were coming, so he went, look at what it says, he went into the stronghold. The Philistines arrived and spread out across the valley of Rephaim. So David asked the Lord, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied to David, yes, go ahead, I will certainly hand them over to you. So David went to Baal-perazim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies. Come on, somebody. He burst through, he broke through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named the place Baal-perazim, which means... The Lord who burst through. Can I, can, I just, can I just add something there? Which means breakthrough. Come on. Breakthrough. The Philistines had abandoned their idols there. So David and his men confiscated them. Listen to me, Crossroads. All of us are fighting for freedom. All of us are fighting for deliverance. All of us are fighting for healing. The fights that we're going through, they may be different, but the truth is that every person in this room, every person online, listening, watching online, we're all fighting. All of us are fighting for something. And because of that, it's so important this morning for you to get me to acknowledge, to get you to acknowledge this. See, I think many of us are walking around with what I call a perfection mentality. And let me tell you what I mean when I say you and I walk around with a perfection mentality. We have this mentality that, you know what, I go to church, I give my money, I tithe, I do good, I try to do good things, I serve in Wombaland, I serve on a guest service team, I'm going to stop and check out the ministry fair stuff, or Randy's going to come get me. We do all these things in life where you need freedom. Because we need freedom. But we still have other areas where we know that we need to experience freedom. And see, I don't know what your area is. I know what mine is. 
But I know you, like me, you have an area of your life where you need to experience freedom. Let's just say this morning that it's fear. Maybe you need freedom from fear. And maybe the success that you've built on your life is actually based on what you don't want to be. That's fear. You built everything on what you don't want to be instead of what God has called you to be. And you're looking back in the rearview mirror of a past generation saying, I, I'm never going to be that because you're, you're sort of free. You're kind of free. You have the money, you have the house, you have the car, you have the kids, everything's good. But it's all based off what you don't want to be instead of what God has called you to be. So we're sort of free. We're kind of free. We're, we're not really free, but we're kind of free. My birthday was the 1st of September, around the 1st of September. And you know what? When a birthday comes around, again, especially you know, when you get in your 30s like me, and, and you kind of look back. kind of causes you, a birthday causes you to look back. And it kind of got me to wondering, what is it that God wants to accomplish with the rest of my life? I don't know whether I have two days, two hours, two months, or 36 years. I don't know what I have. But what is it that God wants to accomplish with the rest of my life? And it really, it really caused me to wonder that, but it also caused me to look at the areas of my life where I know something needs to be done, but those areas are areas that I have left unaddressed. You know you've got those. You know you need to do something about that, but you just kind of push it to the side because I don't even like to think about it. Because when we think about those areas where we know there is something that needs to be addressed, there's always this tendency to push it off. I'll, I'll get to that later. And we don't address the things that need to be addressed. But can I tell you what I've started to learn in my life? You can't break a stronghold with strong effort. Come on. You can't break a stronghold with a strong church service. Because the place that we find David in the text that we just read is we find David, what did it say? At the stronghold. And look at what it says in verse 17. It says this, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel... They mobilized all of their forces to capture him. Now, again, I tell you, context is everything. You have to understand what has happened prior to this. David had been anointed king as a kid. Now, think about that. He was anointed king as a kid, so it tells us that David had been working out his anointing. 
And leading up to the passage that we just read, David had spent eight years on the run from Saul, eight years on the run from temptation, eight years on the run from fear, eight years on the run from doubt, eight years on the run from addiction, eight years on the run from discouragement. Whatever it is that you need to be free from, this scripture tells you how it is that you can be actually running from something and then what happens when you start running to it. Because I love what it said. It said, but David had told, had been told that they were coming. So David went into the stronghold. David didn't run from it. David was not one of those people like you and I that said, you know what, I'll just put a shit off, I'll wait and deal with that later. That's not what he did. David didn't wait. Because see, the thing that you and I do is you and I will see it, don't address it, and push it off because we don't want to do the hard work. And we put off getting free. We put off getting healed. We put off getting delivered. But the scripture, listen, tells us that David ran into the stronghold. And this is the, the place that we see the first point that I think applies to our lives and walking in freedom. Here's what it is. It's time. It's time for you. Listen, Crossroads. Listen, it's time for you to pursue that thing that has been pursuing you. Listen to me. Pursue what has been pursuing you. Stand up to it and say, you know what? I'm going to take a licking and keep on ticking. You've got to pursue the thing that's been pursuing you. Have this mentality that says, you know what? I've been wanting to get free. I've been dealing with this for too long, and I'm not today. I'm not running any longer. It's time for me to break the cycle. And the only way I can break the cycle is I have to pursue the thing that's been pursuing me. I remember when I was in high school, maybe early college years, I'm not really sure. My friend Betsy had a family member who was in the hospital over at UMC. This is like six names ago, but it's still UMC. And that, that was back in the day. Does anybody remember back in the day when they had two people in the room? Oh, gosh. Now it's kind of like, you know, you're in there by yourself. I mean, you're in the room and you hear somebody throwing up. You hear somebody, you know, passing gas. I mean, you, you're, you're exposed to everything. And I was over with her family on the window side of the room, and it had the, the partition, you know, that... You know, and they're over there. And, and again, it was, a, it was a family that I didn't really know. And again, the thing I found out is it was a Malvy family. They just talked and talked and talked. And, and they ended up talking about us on the other side of the curtain. I mean, they started talking some kind of trash. I don't remember what it was, carrying on. And you know what? I mean, let me tell you, I'm, I'm a skinny white boy from Lebanon, Tennessee. I will not back down from a fight. 
I've never been in a fight. Thank you, Jesus. But I will not back down from a fight. And they had made some comments about us and some comments about me and the people visiting my friend Betsy's family. And you know what? I just reached a point where I said, you know what? I don't want to hear this anymore. And this little old skinny boy from Lebanon, Tennessee, went over there and jerked that curtain back. And I don't remember what I said, but I know it wasn't in Jesus' name, okay? Here's the thing. You're not going to talk to me that way. You're not going to do me that way. And you're not going to do that to my friend, and you're not going to do that to my friend's family. I had had enough. Here's the thing. I want you to understand. I finally faced what had been pursuing me. I turned the tables on what was going on behind that curtain. Maybe the enemy tried to take you out. Maybe the enemy tried to destroy you. And God is going to give you a testimony with what the enemy has tried to destroy you with and turn the tables and start pursuing what has been pursuing you. Listen to me this morning. I want you to understand when it comes to my spiritual life, I'm not running anymore. I'm not running anymore. I've told you if there's anything this last season that COVID has brought out in my life, it was bitterness. Because we were doing everything we could to keep the doors open, everything we could to staff the ministry environments of this church. We wanted to stay on task and on mission with what God has called us to do and who God has called us to be. And if I'm not careful... It's bitterness that pursues me. And if I'm not careful, that bitterness will catch me. But listen to me this morning. I'm not running anymore. Because if you know me, you know that Randy Cook does not have a quitting spirit. I'm going into the stronghold. Say it with me. Say say the word. Stronghold. Say it again, stronghold. Say it again, stronghold. I'm going into the stronghold. I'm not going to let it take me down. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians 10. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not not carnal, but mighty in God. Look at what it says, to the pulling down of what? To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready. Look at what it says, being ready to punish all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled. What does that mean? Punish your seasons of disobedience with seasons of obedience. Come on now. Because here's the thing I've learned. If there's anything I've learned, it's when I feel that spirit of bitterness rising up in me, I need people around me who will see it and see me gravitating to it, and those people will stop me. 
Listen to me, Crossroads. We need people in our lives who see what we're going through and they come alongside us and they help us stop it. Because sometimes, you listen to me, sometimes we need people to go into the stronghold with us. We need those people. I need somebody to go in with me. I need somebody to go into the stronghold and help me take it back. I text Julio this week. Good old gospel song. He's like, Lord Jesus, what's happening? Anybody remember that song? I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Come on, I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. I went, I wish I could sing. Jimmy Swaggart would just have to go ahead and die. <laughs> I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. Can I just tell you something? The enemy will never get under your feet until you get him out of your head. The enemy will never get under your feet until you get him out of your head. Taking every thought back. Taking every thought captive. You want the enemy under your feet? you got to get the enemy out of your head. See, again, I moved here from Nashville in the, in the start of seventh grade. Went to Lebanon Junior High School. Ironically, it's where the jail is now. Does that make, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? Seventh grade, Lebanon Junior High. And I told you I've never been in a fight, but I almost got in a couple of fights. But let me tell you, anytime something happened in the school that you wanted to fight about, you took it out to the baseball field. Backed up to the projects. Anytime anybody wanted to fight about something, you took it out to the baseball field. And spiritually speaking, I think that's what we need. We need a meeting of the mind because we would meet out on the baseball field and we would fight about it. But we need a meeting of the mind that says the reason that my feet are not walking it out is because my head doesn't believe it yet. Let me tell you what a stronghold is. A stronghold is a lie. A stronghold is an accusation that the enemy plants in the minds of believers. That lie or that accusation is contrary to the Word of God. Can I tell you something that's going to be questionable to some of you? But I just want you to just, you go to the Word and you see this and you'll understand this. You will never get addicted to alcohol. You will never get addicted to a substance until you first get addicted to a negative thought that is contrary to the Word of God. Because here's the thing. Listen to me, Crossroads. If you don't believe that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, then you won't think that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And if you don't think that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, then you don't seek to be in the presence of your Creator 
to feel secure. So what do you do? You go into the presence of alcohol. You go into the presence of drugs. You go into the presence of sex, pornography, a date, a relationship that you know you shouldn't be involved in because why are you doing it? Because your mind is messed up. It's time, Crossroads, listen, it's time to go out on the baseball field and take every thought captive, every word captive, every word of disobedience and accusation, every lie of the enemy. It's time to go out and fight about it. Let me ask you, anybody here want to be free? Anybody here want to be delivered? Anybody in this auditorium, anybody watching online, any of you out there want to be healed? Anybody want to break the cycle? Lord, here you go. Anybody want to break the generational curse that says that it's going to stop with me? I'm not passing this down. It stops with me, not to my children's children. It does not go further. It stops with me because I am here and I am taking it back. I'm like Dorothy. It's the shoes, people. I'm just telling you. (laughs) You got to pursue what's been pursuing you. Here's the second point. Somebody get the oxygen. It's time to pray with passion and persistence. Jay, leave that up there a minute. It's time for us to pray with passion and persistence. Wait a minute, Randy. I want to get free, and you're telling me what I have to do is pray? No. It's the way that you pray. Look at verse 18. The Philistines arrived. I feel like T.D. Jakes right now. I'm telling you, let's go. The Philistines arrived and spread out across the valley of Rephaim. So David asked the Lord, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied to David, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. Now you need to understand this. David, at this point in his life, he whipped Goliath. He refused Saul's armor. He carried sandwiches out to his brothers in the field. David has learned how to worship in the wilderness. He's gone through several seasons of see nothing, which, you know, we've all gone through that. And he conquered those seasons. He was a warrior. But even in being a warrior, David never neglected being a worshiper. I love the habits of David. I love the cadence of David. David inquired of the Lord, and he replied. Randy inquired of the Lord, and he replied. There are nine times in 1 and 2 Samuel where it tells us that David inquired of the Lord. Look it up for yourself this afternoon. And every time the Lord replied. So here's my question, Crossroads. If we know that the Lord constantly replies, then why do we stop inquiring? If Scripture tells us that He will never leave us nor forsake us, 
Then let me ask you a question. Why is it that we leave the presence of God? Last weekend, my good friend Lucy Jackson was here. Most of you don't know Lucy. Lucy was a fabulous church attender, serving saint, but most of all, she was an encourager. She moved away about six years ago, moved to North Carolina. She has never been back. Now, she stays in touch with me through Instagram. But last weekend at 8.30, somebody said, Randy, come to the front door. And I came to the door, and there came Lucy. And I had to hold back the tears. And she surprised me. First time she's been back in six years. And as much as COVID and the pandemic has caused me to be bitter, bitterness in my life. She told me when she left, the last words out of her mouth going down the steps was, Randy, don't quit. Don't quit. Because this church has a purpose and God has a plan. That's what Lucy always says. I inquired of the Lord. You are enough. I inquired of the Lord. God said, you're more than a conqueror. Because see, when it comes to fighting for our finances, when it comes to fighting pornography, when it comes to fighting the big stuff, we all know how to inquire of the Lord. But what about the little stuff? It's tenacity. It's tenacity, but that's when I realized something. Listen to me, Crossroads. Unless the warfare becomes worship, it will never work. Did you hear me? Until the the warfare becomes worship, it will never work. See, we're fighting different battles. You're fighting a different battle than I do. We're fighting different battles. But here's the thing. I want to be a living, breathing testimony to you today. And that testimony is this. It's simple. If you keep inquiring, the Lord will keep replying. Come on now. If you keep asking, the Lord's going to keep answering. If you keep showing up, listen to me right here. God's going to keep showing up. Because nine times David inquired of the Lord. And I start thinking, you know, this is a guy... It was king. David was king. This is a guy who had won some battles. And you would think a guy who's king and a guy who was a winner would kind of like forget where he came from. But this is a reminder that just because you have arrived doesn't mean you don't need direction. Because there are areas in your life where you think you've arrived. And we think we don't need direction as it relates to freedom. Because we're already there. I know you're the CEO. I know you own the company. I know you're the boss. I know you own the business. I know that you're killing it on your job. But let me tell you this. You still have these little issues. There's that issue of pride. There's that issue of anger. And it shows up in your life in the form of control. 
There's nobody that can tell you anything because you're the man in charge. Even your family has to take a back seat. Listen to me, man of God. It's time to get free. Listen to me, woman of God. It's time to get free. Teenager, listen to me. It's time to get free. Yeah, I know you've got bad grades. I know you've got ADD. I know you've got the diagnosis, and, and you just are different from other people. I know the doctor's told you the things, teenager. I know he's told you the things. And again, listen to me this morning. I want you to hear me. You need to listen to your doctor. But you don't need to just pray for a miracle. You need to walk in a miracle. You need to walk out what you're praying for. David inquired of the Lord. Because you have to pray with passion and persistence. Because see, the the Philistines were a long time opponent of Israel. And they wouldn't hit Israel just head on. So what they would do is they would position themselves in different areas of the territory of Israel. And you're thinking, well, what does that mean to me? I'll tell you what it means to you. It tells us that many of us might not be winning because of the mixture. Let me explain to you. You might not be winning because you've got a lot of God and a little bit of your past. You might not be winning because you've got a lot of holiness but a little bit of ratchetness. And you're still holding on to that little thing. But what did John say? Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Let me say it this way. Anything less than freedom is bondage. Did you hear me? Anything less than freedom is bondage. If I'm not all the way free, then I'm not free. Let me give you the last thing. It's time to put praise in the place of a problem. Come on now. Verse 20. So David went to Baal-perazim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst, he broke through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named the place Baal-perazim, which means breakthrough. That's what it means. Can I just tell you something? You know what praise looks like? Probably looks different for you than it does for me. Because praise for you, again, some of you just need to start saying it. But praise for you, like me, might be different. Again, for me, praise is clapping and holding up my hands and, and, and speaking in the Spirit and speaking out loud. And again, it's, it's about me. It's not about me drawing attention to myself. That's what praise is for me. Praise is for me, it's something loud. Because I like things to be loud. I like the music to be loud. I had breakfast with somebody who attends Crossroads this week. 
And, and that person told me, he said, hey, can I ask you something? Was the music a little loud a couple of weeks ago? And I said, yeah, it was a little loud a couple of weeks ago. And you know what I said? I said, I like it to be loud. And you know why I like it to be loud? Because the voice of sin is loud. I like it to be loud. I need it to be a little loud. Because I need to let the devil know, you know what? You might try to take me out. You might try to remind me of my past. You might try to make me bitter devil, but I need to remind you, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. That's what he needs to know. So you know what I'm going to do? What I just said, I'm going to put a praise on it. Can I just tell you this? Don't call it cancer. Call it breakthrough. Don't call it depression. Call it breakthrough. Don't call it anxiety. Call it breakthrough. Don't call it fear. Call it breakthrough. Don't call it discouragement. Instead, call it breakthrough. Call it something different. And just watch what God does with your praise. You want to know how to fight? This is how you fight. Crossroads, listen to me. You fight by putting a praise on it. Look right here. If you need to stand up in the back, you can. But right here at the foot of the steps is a checkerboard. It looked way bigger on Amazon, okay? So anyway, I thought it was going to be like 9 by 12. You know, I should have looked at the description. But in the picture, it looked really big. But it was a, like a one-year-old next to it. So anyway, I guess that's the reason, you know. I can't play chess. I can't play chess at all because you know why? Chess is too strategic. Chess is too, too strategic. But you get my grandkids at the table, I can play checkers with them all day long. And you know what happens in checkers? If I can get one piece to the other side to get free, it's when I get that one piece to the other side, the enemy has to give back what was stolen from me. What do they call that? Well, they say, king me. Let's all say it together. King me. King me. And see, here's the thing. Listen, Crossroads, you just got to get a little of you to the other side. Just a little bit of you has got to get to the other side because when you get just a little bit of you to the other side, God is going to give you the authority, authority that you have never had before. And what took you out in the last season, you will have authority now to make moves in the next season that you never had the authority to make. You just got to get a little of you to the other side. King me. Give me the authority. Let's pray. Father, we come to you as captives. We come to you as broken. And we ask, God, that you who have begun a good work in us, that you would see it through to completion. We pray that we will get healed. We pray that we will get delivered. We pray that we will see joy in the land of the living in Jesus' name. 
just going to ask you right now if where you're standing, would you just stand up this morning and give God praise? Can we just give him praise for what we know he is going to do in our life? Because let me tell you this morning, this is how we fight our battles. Here we go. Surrounded, but I'm surrounded. 
less than freedom is bondage. I don't know what your problem is, but I can tell you what to do. Put a praise on it. Walk out of here praising God for what He is doing and what He will do in your life. We're going to continue this next week. I'll wear my, my shoes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.